Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Can't get this baby formula. This is not a third world country. This should never happen in the United States of America. The baby's crying. The baby's hungry. We need to address it right now. January 6th. The committee will go wherever we need to go to get to the facts. They just want to go after their political opponents. Issue subpoenas. Delay Ukraine aid. We don't want to see them fail, but we have problems right here at home. Twitter deal on hold. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Friday. Lots to talk about today. We've got a, another candidate for you to uh, be introduced to, Brent Robertson, who's running along with seven other people for the 1st Congressional District. He'll be joining us in just a little bit. So the uh, opening bumper that uh, Clark put together was uh, a lot in there about baby formula. What's unbelievable is that uh, the Hilda Beast, Hillary Clinton, is now coming out and accusing Republicans of wanting babies to starve because they're upset that while American moms and dads can't get formula to feed their babies— we're shipping hundreds of pallets of formula down to the border mm-hmm. and giving them away to the illegal immigrants. And Hillary Clinton has now taken that fact and said, oh, these Republicans want to starve babies because they want to take that formula away from these poor babies coming across the border. <clears throat> I mean, this is, this is classic progressive crap. I mean, think about this. Uh, these horses' rear ends, I mean, first of all, you embrace an open borders policy. Then once the illegals get here, you insist that they get all types of benefits, that you're going to thrust upon them uh, debit cards, you're going to give them free phones, you're basically going to say, here's your free health care, uh, here's money to go out and get a place to live. We'll put you up in a hotel. Where do you want to live? We'll put you on a plane and fly you there. So what happens? We're inundated with all these people coming across the border. Heaven forbid they stay in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They stay in Mexico policy. No, they got to come over here. And then they, the, clue, the, the, the clueless progressives have no idea how they're going to pay for it. They don't know. And they, frankly, they don't care how we're going to pay for it. I mean, at, at best, they're ignorant. At worst, they're deliberately trying to bankrupt the country, which is what they want. I mean, they think we're evil. Let's, let's bankrupt us. We want to become like Russia or North Korea. That's, they're, they're, you know, the, 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 the unbelievable ignorance or the unbelievable traitors that these progressives are so they get their open borders, their illegal policies have been insured, and then they call Republicans heartless because we would say, yes, American citizens ought to take priority over these illegals. And I would say that. Now, that doesn't mean I'm heartless and I won't see these babies die. No. But when moms and dads that are American citizens that are hardworking taxpayers can't get formula, but there's pallets of it down at the border, yes. I would say that the American moms and dads ought to come in first place on that one. But, um, you know, well, here's another thought. Hillary, you you call them heartless and want babies to starve. You raked in millions and millions and millions of dollars to your Clinton Foundation. Why don't you take that money, go out and buy a couple of plane loads of formula from Europe and have it shipped down to the border? 
I mean, or, or are you? Do you want to see babies die, Hillary? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's it's typical. You know, Democrats and the, and the Clintons. I mean, they're right in there. Typical. They they always point to Republicans. They're talking about you know Republicans aren't compassionate, and you know they talk about hey Republicans are pro pro life for unborn babies, but not pro life for other babies. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's typical nonsense. That, and and when I saw what she said today, I said, and she was not even challenged on that statement. No. It just it just kills me. And the fact that you know the what's going on at the border right now is right at the feet of the president of the United States yep. and the Democrat yep. Party, and, and it's, and listen, and it's, intentional. it's conservatives, intentional. Conservatives have said for a long time, what you're doing is going to harm these illegal people, these illegal immigrants that are coming up to the border. It's going to harm them. And this is Exhibit A. Now, what does she do? Oh, the Republicans are heartless. They want to see babies die. And again, your point, I mean, Hillary's a part of the death culture. She doesn't oh, yeah. care less about babies, whether they live or die. I mean, she's all for Roe v. Wade being the law of the land and having having abortions up to nine months, and even after the child is is born, she yeah. and Ralph Northam, oh, yeah. birds of a feather. And to to your point on the Clinton Foundation, I mean, w- well documented, the Clinton Foundation basically imploded right after the election. All it was was just a false false foundation yep. to for political payoffs and, and that type of thing. And when I looked at Hillary Clinton's uh, financial disclosures back when she ran for president. And just before her income ramped up, just like Joe Biden's did, uh, just just before the election and a couple of years before the election, once she announced she was running, all that political payoffs, you know, making millions of speech to speak, her her donations was was just shocking. The donations that they made were always to these puff foundations that when you drill down and see what these foundations are, they're nothing more than political foundations, which is a bunch of horse. Manure. Manure. I Thank mean, you. She, she, there, there's not an ounce of <laughs> compassion in her arse no. at all. No, no. And Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. <laughs> it looks like I'm she's had too many she's been, cupcakes. Yeah, she's been eating like, a little too back many of those off cupcakes. The cupcakes, thunder thighs. But, uh, and again, the, the people that donated to the Clinton Foundation, and they were they were just trying to buy their uh a higher place at the table because they thought she was going to win the presidency. Well, well, the thing about it is, I mean, the Clintons taught the Obamas and the Bidens what it was to create a family crime. Oh family. yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. they, they yeah. taught them. Yeah, they I were mean, the Godfathers. When after the after the issue that uh, Clinton had with the little rendezvous with Monica Lewinsky in the White House, they left the White House. They were freaking broke. Yeah, I mean, broke, yeah. and they have become, they have developed generational wealth. Once she started running for president, it's uh, – oh. And, it's and you're the, right. And they've, they've taught the Obamas and they've taught the Bidens well. Yep. Uh, on a happier note, WNCT is reporting the baseball field at Guy Smith Stadium has officially been renamed for the man who is Mr. Baseball here in uh, Greenville. Um, yeah, we're talking about Ronald Vincent, RV. How about that? That's he great. has been coaching since 1973. I think, yeah, he is the all-time winningest coach in North Carolina high school baseball history. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Guy Smith Stadium, which is being used more and more. My uh, grandsons in Little League, sometimes they practice out near the, the stadium because there's a couple of fields out there. And uh, it's, it's beginning to get a lot more use than it has in the past. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be renamed in honor of uh, RV. So congratulations. Uh, hard to believe 
that uh, he has been coaching baseball out there at Rose High School since 1973. He's a legend. He is. And he's well-known across the state. Did you see down in New Bern today? If you've ever driven into New Bern or out of New Bern and you come across that that new section of highway, it's not that new now. And, of course, the folks down in New Bern are all familiar with it. But, the, uh, the, the bypass that goes to 17, further down 17? Yeah, from, it, it intersects 17 and, and 70 and it goes up over the river right. and uh, pretty high up. Mm-hmm. Did you see where a truck drove off that earlier today at nine o'clock this morning no i did not a truck went through the concrete barrier and fell 50 feet the driver is up here at vident now wow but uh he's lived to tell about it Mm. apparently the i it it sounds bizarre it dropped 50 feet onto the road below uh what was the name of the road that goes underneath there is um I think it's Holloman or something like that. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, it, fortunately for the driver, it it landed on the the back of the truck. Although the cab was pretty well smashed in, I don't know if it flipped flipped over after that. But uh, wow, you talk about this guy, <laughs> the cat that had nine lives. Uh, this guy has got to be saying his prayers of thanksgiving tonight, big time. It is amazing that you could. That a driver, even in a truck, now it wasn't a tractor trailer, but uh, I think it was a flatbed, and uh, crashed through uh, um, Hull, Hal Road was the name of the road below okay. there, Hal Road. Yeah, I'm texting somebody in Newburn now, see if we can get a live live report. There you go. It, it's, uh, well, it happened this morning, and apparently they've uh, already got the uh, road reopened, although uh, FYI, next week that portion of the highway is going to be uh, shut down for a little bit. Oh yeah! If you're wow. uh, if you're watching on Facebook or on uh, uh, Cable Seven, there's a picture of the truck, a- and look how far he dropped on there. I mean, that looks like more than fifty feet. It's yeah. that that is amazing that hmm. the driver of that survived. Now, no word on yet why it happened, how it happened, but uh, you think uh, you think when he was going over that bridge, the pucker factor was pretty high. Uh, <laughs> well, I'd, it'd be interesting to find out whether or not his life flashed before his eyes. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Because, uh, wow, yeah, to, to survive that, unbelievable. Um, yeah, this is an interesting story. I actually had this in the pile um, on Wednesday, and we didn't get to it. And, of course, we were off yesterday. But, you know, it's really interesting, um, the double standard in Major League Sports. Um, and there's two great examples of this. Uh, one in the Major League Baseball and other in the NBA. Now, what's interesting is, remember back to um, Major League Baseball this last year, uh, we were going to have the All-Star game down in Atlanta, and because of the voting laws down there, and and by the way, even though the voting laws uh, were implemented, uh, more people voted in these last elections than had ever voted in Georgia before, but nonetheless, Major League Baseball said, oh, this is uh, and, and Joe Biden said, you know, this is uh, uh, 2.0 of uh, uh, how to refer to it, but racism all over again. And uh, Jim Crow 2.0. Jim Crow yeah. 2.0. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, and so they took the they they took the All Star Game away from Atlanta, took it over to Colorado, Atlanta, which is a predominantly uh, African American city, took it over to Denver, which is you know there's two percent African American population in Denver. But uh, they did it because they said, oh, this is, you know, this, this, this is mistreating people. 
Now the Major League Baseball is talking about having some games over in Abu Dhabi in <laughs> oh the uh, United Arab Emirates, <clears throat> as is the NBA. Right. Now remember the NBA took away the All-Star game from Charlotte a few years ago because of the bathroom bill. Mm-hmm. Now explain to me how you can take the NBA and have some games over in the United Arab Emirates where they throw homosexuals off of buildings. Yeah. Where it's a capital crime to be a homosexual. And and then the Chi- you know China, the NBA is basically ruled by China. Yeah. And the atrocities that you know ha- happen to anyone in China that's not part of the Communist Party, uh, it's it's just amazing. But both, both Major League Baseball and uh, the NBA have already announced games over in uh, the UAE. And uh, it just the, the hypocrisy. I, again, we, we hate America. And because we're going to have election laws with integrity, we're going to punish Atlanta because we want to protect our women here in North Carolina and not have men entering into the bathrooms. We're going to uh, move the all-star game out of charlotte and yet a a country that will take you out and shoot you if you're a homosexual or stone you or flog you or whatever they want to do to you that's okay unbelievable well it's a it's another issue of you know these large corporations institutions um i mean they just kowtow to this stuff they're they're afraid to death to be labeled you know racist homophobic or whatever and you know, it, the, the individuals, people have got to start standing up. Hey, I, I could start naming them. I've upset some people, but we've got some organizations here in town that that are just like that. They will the flavor of the day. Yeah, they will just jump on it, just solely, solely, you know, following the others with all this woke mentality. And it's time for for people to just say, hey, it's enough. I mean, if it's a corporation that you do business with, and they and they jump in this, you say, look, I'm not doing business with you anymore. Period. Well, this is interesting you bring that up. Go woke, go broke. Have you seen the news stories out just today that Netflix, who in the last quarter lost 200,000 listeners or, or subscribers? Viewers, yeah. Viewers. Mm-hmm. Subscribers. 200,000. Yeah. Now, you might say, well, 200,000. Uh, yeah, that's that's a significant amount of your of your profit. I mean, you stop and think about what your profit margin is, and you take away. I don't, I don't know what the total subscriptions is to Netflix, but two hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand subscribers. What does it cost to subscribe to Netflix? It's at least ten bucks a month, isn't it? I don't even want to know. I, I know <laughs> I've got it, but uh, but I don't even know. But here's the thing: Netflix was really going woke and of course remember that wasn't it netflix that hired the obamas and they were going to have oh, all yeah. kinds of woke uh, programming they're yeah, put they're, in? and they're they're okay with having the you remember they had the little cheerleading uh yes little cheerleading thing would would you know 12 year old 13 year old girls half naked on uh, or whatever uh, yeah uh. the uh what, what's interesting is netflix has realized uh-oh uh-oh we're starting to lose things big time uh, so they have now redone their uh, their employee guide, and now their employee guide said, as employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers a diversity of stories, even if we find some titles counter to our own personal values. In other words, if you're part of the woke crowd and you think this is triggering you, shut up. We don't want to hear from you. <laughs> they go on to say, depending on your role, 
you may need to work on titles you perceive to be harmful. Go on to say, quote, if you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix might not be the best place for you to be working. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> go woke, go broke. Yeah, that might have a little bit to do with those 200,000 subscribers that left. Uh, you think? And uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, Disney is starting to feel the pinch. Well, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to ever advocate for somebody just to, you know, hey, boy, I don't like to boycott this, boycott that. But if you have a problem with anyone you exactly. do business with, just say, yeah. hey, I, I don't like it. I'm changing. But it happens all the time. You vote go, with your dollars. You, you go to a restaurant and you have a bad meal and bad service, and you feel like. <laughs> You know what? You might not go out and start a campaign against it, but you're not going back. Well, there's a little restaurant up in the mountains. I won't say what it is, but uh, I used to go all the time, little little sandwich shop. And, you know, I, when we're not doing this, I really, I really don't want to talk politics with people. I really don't. Um, and I was up there on a fly fishing trip, went in for lunch, and uh, it happened to be when Donald Trump was here in Greenville. And she asked me, uh, she'd seen me several times. She said, where are you from? I said, you here quite a, up here a couple of times a year. And I said, uh, Greenville, uh, Greenville, North Carolina. You mean where Donald Trump is today? I said, yeah, from what I understand. Oh, my God, no wonder you're up here. <laughs> and that was up in in the mountains of North Carolina? Yeah, and I See, said. See, they're usually conservative up there, more so than here. Uh, well, Not this one, huh? No, not when you get close to Watauga County. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, I, but I, you know, I stopped there. I said, you know what? I enjoy coming to your shop, and I and I come up here every time I come up here. I said, but I don't like your politics. I didn't ask you your politics, and in mine's none of your business. I said you won't see me again. Yeah, there you and, go. And, and I hadn't been here. back. Get out! 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 <laughs> Get out! <laughs> hey, we got to take a timeout. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. The following show is very scary. Are you superstitious about Friday the Thirteenth? What's the deal with Friday the Thirteenth? Nobody escapes unharmed. Bill O'Reilly is a demon-possessed messenger of Satan. I'm going up to Earth to rule alone. Don't be frightened. Just pull up the covers and stay in bed until Friday the Thirteenth turns into Saturday the Fourteenth. Sounds fine, tingly dingling. How far is it to Camp Crystal Lake? It's fun to be scared, huh? <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Were you aware of that today is Friday the Thirteenth? Be prepared with Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now back to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. All right. Happy the Friday the 13th. That's right. Taking a look at your Friday the 13th weather forecast for tonight. Uh, cloudy, occasional rain showers all around 63. Tomorrow, uh, showers and thunderstorms in the morning. And, uh, well, it gets worse in the afternoon. What can I say? Uh, thunderstorms pretty much all day long, a high around 80 degrees tomorrow. Chance of rain tomorrow, 80%. Tomorrow night, a low of 63 with chance of rain at 40%. We do get one good day out of the weekend. There's a chance of a stray shower, but otherwise sunshine and a high of 86 on Sunday. So uh, you get half the weekend is pretty good weather. That's going to feel hot. Uh, 86 and, and, uh, yeah, a rain shower, yeah. that's going to feel hot. After cold, windy days this week. I, you know, a, a, a day of hot would sound pretty good to me. By the way, it's also National Apple Pie Day. Mm. I, I, uh, I'll vote for that. Uh, weather and Apple Pie brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather will be here this weekend anyway. What a better way to join the outside and the outdoors with family and friends than being poolside or greenside or, um, 
Tenniside voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees. They want you to join and join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay service tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Jenna's number is 752-4653, Brent Robertson from Williamston is one of the eight candidates running for the 1st Congressional District. And uh, Brent is in studio with us right now. Brent, welcome in. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Brent, um, I've heard your ads, and uh, I know you're a, a strong Christian believer, and uh, you really feel like the Lord has called you to run for this office. Tell us your story. There's a lot of folks that probably have heard your ads but don't really know you, the man. Tell us about your life story, your family, and uh, exactly why you are running for Congress. Well, like I say, you probably have heard the radio ad, and that's exactly 100% correct. I'm a logger, not a lawyer. Some people get mixed up when I say logger. They think I'm a lawyer, but I'm a logger and a contractor from Williamston. And I've never wanted to be a politician at all, but I was praying and complaining, just like the uh, radio ASS. And the thought came to me, if you're not willing to do anything about it, stop complaining. So I sat there kind of in bewilderment, wondering what I should do. And I, finally I said, well, God, if you're asking me what shall I do, well, who shall I send? Send Brent. So I got up and I walked in there and told my wife, I said, I'm running for Congress. And she's like, okay. She had actually had the flu that day. So she didn't care what I told her that day. But she was like, Did, yeah, she, did she actually know what you were yeah. saying when she comes back a couple days later and said, what did you say? She said she did, but I don't know if she really did or not. <laughs> so uh, well, now that she's recovered from the flu, how does she feel about you being a congressman? Oh, yeah, she's excited about it. She's a trooper. She's helping me out all she can. Tell us about the rest of your family. Well, I have a daughter. Like I say, my wife, we've been married for 21 years. And we have a daughter together, Mary Spencer. She is 19. She attends Ole Miss. And then we have a son, Liam. He is 16, and he uh, goes to Lawrence Academy over at Mary Hill. And when he gets finished playing baseball in the afternoons, he climbs on a tractor and tends 125 acres. So that's his side job. Is He's actually a little farmer. So. There you go. Now, is this your farm, or is this it, the family is. farm? Okay. It is. Okay. And uh, like I say, I let him do that just so he realizes that he can work. And not always get a paycheck at the end. So, so from life from how you described it, I, I'm assuming this is the first time you've ever run for elected office. Like I say, I've never want to run dog for dog catcher. I never want to do anything. It's just the fact that I was praying and I hadn't told a lot of the people this. Our country can't continue to erode yeah. with regard to morals like it has in the last ten years, and have a country that I want my kids to grow up in. So that's what I was actually praying about. How long have you been a Republican? My whole life, ever since okay. I uh, could register to vote. So, which uh, one? So, okay. Since I was eighteen. So you're you're going back into what the uh, early '80s when you first? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um well at back in the early '80s. By the way, did you did you vote for uh, Lamprecht for state senate when I was running? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you weren't in my district. He probably, no, I was. He probably, I was. Williamson was in, in the, at the district. He at the probably time. saw that name. He said, "I'm not voting for that Yankee." <laughs> <laughs> so, well, just don't answer. This, this way. <laughs> um, so, on your website. You've got uh, a, a, bunch, a bunch of issues that you obviously are important to you, national defense, immigration, border security, inflation, um, out-of-control spending, your pro-life, uh, religious liberty, Second Amendment, gun rights. Um, of those issues, if you had to pick one, what is the most important thing? And what, what is, the, what is the, the, the 
keystone issue that affects all those other issues? Oh, it's inflation right in a second. Um, I 100% think that we have to get our inflation under control because you're not secure if we don't have any money. And I was talking to a guy today, and he was telling me that for me not to be surprised if next week diesel fuel didn't hit $6 a gallon. Mm. Now, $6 a gallon diesel fuel to a lot of people doesn't matter. To loggers and farmers and contractors, it really matters. And it's going to matter to everybody else when they don't realize that because right. of those food line trucks exactly. start slowing down and stuff starts coming slower at, you know, to your grocery store, then inflation is going to continue to rise. So if we don't get a handle on that and get a handle quickly, it's going to be a snowball effect. Now, you know, you've got border security and stuff like that. That's a big issue, and everybody agrees with that. But right this second, if we don't get this inflation under control, like I said, it's, it's just going to be tough. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good topic to lead to my question. Before the show, I was telling Tom that um, on the Washington Times today, uh, there was opinion uh, editor of Dave Walker that used to be Comptroller General of the United States under Clinton and Bush has been – He's been beating the, beating the drums for years. I've known him about you know the national debt issues and problems such as that, and and stating the fact that you know basically we can't remain our security. The most important part of our security is for us to say a financial economic power in the world. And it seems like Republicans and Democrats, you know, during election time they they say a lot of things, but they don't do a lot of things. So on a specific issue, just this week, uh, I'm just curious. It, it passed overwhelmingly but what do you think about the 40 trillion dollar uh, ukraine aid package that's passed the house hadn't gone to the senate yet what, what, if brent robertson was in washington what would you do what would you say about that so you know that pulls on people's heartstrings because they want to do something and we always want to give money away but we don't really have the money to give away and at some point you're going to have to say no so it's, it's no different with the federal government as it is your family if you don't have enough money and you can't afford it you just can't afford it so at some point we're just going to have to say no we can't afford it and that's what we're going to have to do regardless of who wins, we're going to have to rein our spending back under control. I tell people all the time, because, and y'all probably have heard this too, the spending we're doing now, our grandkids are going yeah. to pay for, everybody's heard that. That's a ridiculous statement, because we're the ones that teach them financial responsibility. If we're not financially responsible ourselves, we're not going to be able to pass that trade on to them. Therefore, they're not going to be able to pay their debt and ours. That's a ridiculous. We have to get our spending under control. And it's possible. I mean, there's a story out earlier this week on the Carolina Journal talked about the surplus that we're going to have. And I think they said that it's going to actually be $6.5 billion more than they anticipated. In North Carolina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if a state can do it, why can't a country do it? And it's just a matter of the, the discipline. How do you convey that, though? You'd be one of 435. Um, so how does one individual – is it just another drop in the bucket? How do you approach that? So I hope not. Um, and that's what I tell people all the time. You have to go and you have to be able to build relationships with other like-minded people to get stuff done. If you're going to be a radical right or a radical left, you're not really going to be productive at anything. But if you can get there in the middle and talk to people with other like-minded, and don't compromise your beliefs, but at the same time, it has to take compromise in order to get stuff done. And like I say, your core beliefs, you can't compromise that. But there's other people on the other side of the aisle that feel the same way that we feel, mm-hmm. you know, and that's you're just going to have to work with those people. You're just going to have to find the people that you can work with and build a coalition. Could you name one of them that feel the same way you do? Um, yeah, Barry Moore from Alabama. Um, he's a pretty good guy. I've talked to him. And he's a, a Democrat. No, nah, he's a Republican. That's what I'm saying. You said people uh, on the yeah, side but, of the aisle. Who? Who? who I, I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, argumentative, but I, I, I think that's part of the problem. I don't well, know of anybody on the other side of the aisle that would you that could agree with you. 
Well, maybe I'm being optimistic on that. I, I think you can. I think you can. Um, Joe Manchin on some issues, but yeah. other than that, I mean, it just I, I just if if you look at this last, I know I'm getting off track here, but if you look at this uh, Women Protective Health Act that came, they came out with, I don't know how anybody anybody could vote for that, and yet 49 Democrats voted for that, which would basically abortion anytime, anywhere up to the ninth month of the pregnancy. Which you know, if it was up to the ninth month, it wouldn't be long before you'd have infanticide. And there was only one Democrat, Joe Manchin, that didn't vote for that. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, you make a valid point. That's it's, it's crazy. But if we don't, regardless, then like I say, I don't know how we're going to turn this around because it's going. Yeah. We we've got to do that. We've got to reach across the aisle. And I don't and mean to, to be argumentative together. with you, Brent. I mean I, I like what oh, no, you're I, saying, but uh, I just I, it's. It, I, well, yeah, yeah, boy, I, I like you, I, I like your optimism because to your point. Unfortunately, on Democrats and Republicans, and I think it falls on the Republican and Democrat leadership both. You know, they they want to demonize the other side on every issue. I mean, I, I think you got to have somebody that goes up there and say, okay, uh, on these ten issues, you and I don't agree on nine of them, but we agree on this one. Well, heck, let's just work on this one. And if everybody does that, sooner or later, you might get something that's that's reasonable instead of you know nothing getting done. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't want to go real radical on you on this and turn into a Christian show. But at the same time, you know, 2,000 years ago, one guy went, went here, and that's made all the difference. So it might take this one person going and being willing to reach across the aisle. That might be the deal. I, I don't know. But uh, this kind of on that same note. I can't do it by myself, but with me and God, anything's possible. There you go. You describe yourself as a conservative small business owner and a leader. What, what makes an effective leader? Um, well, to be able to look at the future, and not, I say this all the time, our politicians right now are nothing but reactive. They're just like the police. You want the police to be reactive. You don't want them to come and arrest you before you do something wrong, but you don't want your politicians to be reactive. They react to the social media, to the media, and any social injustice right now. That's what they are leading based on, and that's ridiculous. What we need to do is see where we want our country to go and legislate for the future. That's where we need our country to go. That's where we need our politicians to be looking at division so if you don't have a vision then you're not a leader yeah. but if you can look to the future and see where we need to go as a country then that makes a good leader let's turn to uh and, and i don't want a monday morning quarterback the the previous uh previous representative of this district gk butterfield but but let's face it um I, the first district is uh there's a lot of poor counties a lot, a lot of people struggling and that type of thing and you know I mean, I'd argue with him if you want to come on the show and argue with us. G.K. Butterfield's pr- pretty much done whatever the Democrat Party has told him to do and when to yeah. do it and never really focused on this district. What what can you do if you're elected um, y- y- to help turn the tide a little bit for the areas that uh, has been, sh- been struggling for years? Well, I talk about this all the time. You can have a dream of there's going to be a whole bunch of Amazon jobs coming to this district, and that's not going to be a reality. But what is a reality is we have a lot of small businesses. So if we can work with the, from a federal level, work with the state and get back vocational training back in our high schools Thank so you. that we already know how to send kids to four-year institutions. We got that down pat. But the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade kids that are not going to go to a four-year institution, we need to teach them how to read and write, be able to do, balance their checkbook. But then we need to send them to a vocational pod if that's right. what they're interested in. If they want to be an electrician, a plumber, a mechanic, a welder, or something like that, 
teach them a little bit of school, and then do an apprenticeship. And what that'll do is you'll retain high school graduates. And then you'll also build a really good ethical workforce that knows what to do when they get out of school. And they'll make a good living. They'll make a really good living. It's been demonized to be a blue-collar tradesman like myself, but a lot of those guys make a whole lot more money than people who go to four-year institutions. And they have a whole lot less debt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I told told somebody this week (laughs) – that uh, you talk about your background and what you what you've done i said you know what the republican party and no no offense to somebody like you to, to have pocket squares but the republican party's got enough pocket square republicans in washington we need yeah. people that, that's yeah. actually done yeah. done things and got and some callus a, on their hands yeah. been a small business owner and knows what it makes to make a payroll really and not just in in the play world but yeah <laughs> yeah and i started I, so i'm like you say it was a contractor and i was, uh used to build highways and when I got out of school in 1995 from North Carolina State, I didn't know what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to be a lawyer. Actually, I did think about going to law school or be a dirt mover. That's what I call it. So I ended up starting a construction company with me and one guy and $4,000 in the bank and grew it to me and 125 guys doing $20 million a year. Impressive. So, you know, actually, like I said, that was leading a little bit too. And I think that's what we need. I think we yeah. need people who have yeah. done it themselves. Yeah. 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 Created yeah, we've got too many people that have inherited their wealth and uh, somehow thinks that uh, th- they think that gives them a, a right of privilege. Um, your website yep. is? BrentRobertson2022.com. There you go. And you can see me at Facebook at uh, Brent for Congress on Facebook. Well, well, listen, Brent, thanks for your Christian testimony. Thanks for your uh, willingness. And I say this to everybody that comes in, for your willingness to run. It is... Uh, it's a little intimidating, and uh, you make yourself very vulnerable to the world. And uh, there's people that some people love you, some people hate you. But uh, thanks, thanks for getting out there. And I, you know, you've you've done part of your civic duty. Now, if you win, you'll have a whole lot more to do. But uh, congratulations on uh, getting this far, and uh, look forward to what happens next Tuesday. Well, well, thank you, and I sure hope I win. Like I say, everybody needs to get out and vote for Brent. There you go, Brent Robertson. If you're in District 2, one. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at your website, 2022. If you're in District 1, thank you, Brent, uh, you can get out next Tuesday. I guess early voting is uh, through uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Early okay. voting through tomorrow. And, and Tuesday the, otherwise, get out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming in, Brent. Yep. Appreciate thank you. Good to meet you. Thanks, Brent. You bet. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back in. News and views for a Friday. Um, boy, did you hear the Russian lawmaker out of uh, Moscow, Russian state Duma deputy, Sounds like deputy dog. Uh, <laughs> Oleg Morozov, Morozov. His Russian names or something. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, just give me a name like Smith or Johnson or Hardy. <laughs> of course, people think Lamprex bad. Um, anyway, this guy came out earlier in the week. The prime minister of Poland 
wrote a column for the Telegraph really criticizing Putin, basically saying this guy's a cancer and uh, was quite, quite critical and also came out and said, listen, Russia will have to pay for all the damage they've done in the Ukraine. This guy comes out, this uh, deputy dog comes out and says that, um, okay, Poland, you might be next. Yeah. Did you see that? I did see that. And uh, and Poland's uh, in NATO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said, uh, you, you might be the next denazification country that we come to. Mm. We'll denazify Poland. So, yeah, he is uh, now... I, I mean, n- nothing is for sure. Uh, d- you know, don't don't go bet your last dollar on this. I think it's saber rattling. I think, I mean, you, you see what's happening over there. I mean, Ukraine is starting to turn the tide. I, I realize a lot of other things could happen, and uh, it's not over till it's over. But uh, right now, I think it's just saber saber rattling by the uh, Russian government. They're withdrawing in, in certain parts in certain cities. Uh, that they had surrounded earlier. Now they're they're withdrawing from those cities, and uh, it doesn't look good for Russia. But uh, this this individual is saying, "Okay, Poland, you might be next." Yeah, I saw an article on a on the Blaze a day or so ago, <clears throat> talking about Ukraine's um, defense budget and the Soviet excuse me, Soviet <laughs> Russia Russia's defense budget. And, and, of course, I don't know how if you can really believe any numbers that come out of there. Maybe it's just speculation. But they were saying that the, the Russian defense budget was like $65 trillion, And we're sending for a $40 trillion aid package. Billion. Huh? We're sending $40 billion. Sending, sending $40 billion, excuse me. But Russia, Russia's was only like 65 Billion. On a, on oh, an I, annual basis. You, you said trillion basis. the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. On an annual basis. And I'm like surely that can't be right but yeah that 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 doesn't sound right yeah i would think so but who knows uh earlier today merrick garland has uh, directed u.s marshals to help ensure the justices the supreme court justices now the supreme court has their own supreme court police but as you can imagine that's a fine uh, a, a pretty finite small group of uh police officers that make up the supreme court police and so Merrick Garland finally, after receiving letters from both uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin as well as Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, because the justices live in both those states, they sent a letter to the attorney general, the head of the Department of Justice, and said, hey, do you want to follow the law? Could you follow the law, please? I mean, this is on the books. You need to protect the justices. Finally, Merrick Garland said, okay. We'll send out uh, marshals to help. Uh, also, there was a bipartisan bill that John Cornyn out of Texas put forward to ramp up security protections for the Supreme Court justices. You know, well, I don't, I really don't understand. And by the way, it passed in the Senate. Bipartisan support passed in the Senate. It was It was sponsored by John Cornyn and uh, Chris Coons of Delaware, who's a Democrat. But then it gets over to the House, and Steny Hoyer says, "Well, you know, it doesn't go far enough. We need to protect the clerks." Well, you know, the, the clerks aren't being threatened. There's no protest no. at the clerks' homes. And you, could, you could just go ahead and pass this. But what I don't understand is why didn't Cornyn just pass a bill saying we're going to lock up Merrick Garland if he doesn't do his damn job? Exactly. And why don't uh, 
I mean, I mean, why don't the Republicans just come out and? I mean, I think you can you can impeach an attorney general. I believe there well, is they need, to, they need to go for that. It. But I mean, that that's a, it's a federal law that's being violated. It's yeah, a clear federal yeah. law. I read it and it's like, hey, that's exactly what's it's going bl- on. It's black and white. I know. And again, the irony is on the January sixth quote insurrectionists. What laws did they break? Exactly what laws did they break? And that they're all locked up. These people are clearly breaking the law, and yet Merrick Garland really refused to do anything until he was forced to put in the corner. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. It is interesting how that uh, first congressional district race is making national news. <laughs> Not in a good way, but it is making national news. I'm afraid it's going to have uh, whoever wins. Um, well, ho- hopefully, well, I shouldn't say, but m- maybe whoever comes out of the race won't have a lot of baggage and just have a lot of red meat for the Democrats to, to pounce on in the fall. Uh, Jen Saki. Had her last day. Apparently, she got I'll emotional. Back on that one. Yeah, yeah, that was your famous line, wasn't it? Jen Saki is gone. Kareen Sean Pierre is the new um, press secretary. Trump and hater. I don't care. Trump hater called called oh, Republicans yeah. racist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, interestingly, the last day Jen Saki uh, was there, a story came out in PJ Media talking about a recent um, interview she had with the Christian Science Monitor. And as she reviewed her last days, she was complaining that um, she has been harassed and uh, people are protesting and people are calling her home and she is scared for her two little children. And yet at the same time, the same Jen Psaki has basically come out and said, uh, hey, you want to go protest? Go protest the uh, Supreme Court justice at their homes. Yeah, just keep it safe. Keep it peaceful. Wow. Typical Democrat. <laughs> Typical double standard. Hey, listen, have a great weekend. We'll do it again on Monday 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.